if you allow yourself to push through, like literally like torturously push through and do it anyway, no matter what, then you break through those limiting beliefs. You break through that ceiling. Totally. And I also believe that when something very powerful needs to come to the world, that's going to bring a lot of energy and a lot of light. There are forces that will try to stop it. And they may come in the voice of that doubt. Hi, friends, and welcome to season two of the Cosmic Chats with Debbie Sugarbaker podcast. I am Debbie, your host and the creator of what I believe is a sacred space in which I have conversations with individuals from all sectors who are dedicated to elevating consciousness around different aspects of life. With a background in ghostwriting and editing books, content development, and medical journalism, as well as many other side jobs, and several years' experience working for the international nonprofit called the Kabbalah Center, I bring you enlightening conversations with people whose work, knowledge, energy, and insight have helped me open my mind and perspective, alchemize perceived negative situations, live in a healthier body, and experience the world in a deeper, more wondrous way on a daily basis. I also desire to share energy and wisdom that I received from my spiritual teacher, Karen Berg, who was the founder and spiritual director of the Kabbalah Center until her passing in 2020. My aim is that you, the listener, are able to receive what you need to create new possibilities and find greater levels of expansion in your health, relationships, and business. It is my honor to connect with you and be a part of your process. I believe that we are here to support each other on our earthly journey, and I also believe that life's challenges are most effectively tackled from the inside out. Each episode of my show presents another way to do that. Thank you so much for listening, for supporting, and for being with me. I hope you enjoy. I wasn't planning on this when you and I decided to have this chat, but I'm actually in Jerusalem, which some people consider a big energy portal for the world. It contains the holiest sites for the three major religions and a lot of other religions. So there's just a lot of spiritual energy, and I find it very interesting that we're connecting I know we uh, we didn't plan on hey let's do it around your book launch. It just so happened that it's the day after, so it's I, I love how it all works out. We let go of control, right? The universe always kind of shows us like the divine perfection of it all. So yeah, and I, and Jerusalem is a powerful place on the planet. I think it's reactivating, kind of recharging almost <clears throat> its energies as it's designed yes. to. Yeah, there's a lot that happened on that land. As I mentioned, most people, you probably know Lori. Lori is a spiritual thought leader and an author. She also has an online community. And um, Lori, one of the questions that I always like to ask people who come on the Cosmic Chats is, how did you get into your work? Because usually the people that I interview, they're channels, they're healers, doctors, functional medicine doctors, business leaders who are thinking about things differently. Everybody that I've spoken to, and this is true probably for most human beings, there's something that happens maybe when you were a child, or did you have a knowing of that anything about your 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 path, your role in this world as this spiritual catalyst? 
when I was, I guess, probably around 12 or 13, I started to have this awareness or this knowingness that I had a purpose on this planet. Like I was here to assist humanity in what I called back then this ascension process, this elevation, this movement from lower states of consciousness to higher states of consciousness. I knew that I would be literally assisting humans, like holding their hands and walking them through this. But I didn't know really what that meant. I didn't know what it would look like. I didn't know how. There wasn't specifics around it. I just knew that I would be kind of like either physically or energetically holding people's hands, walking them through what to me back then was like really devastating times. Like when I was 13, I remember kind of being shown that there would be like really intense cataclysmic events happening on the planet, that it would be chaotic. People would be quote unquote, leaving the planet. And so there were these, these underlying descriptions that were shown to me of how this would look, but I was 13 and I was like, I just want to be a kid. And like, I don't like, this is too much. And so for most of my life, I was very, very aware of what we were in and what this journey is all about, what the, what this planetary existence is all about. I I was aware of everything, but I didn't want to commit because I knew that if I committed to my work, if I consciously was like, it's go time, let's go, my whole life would change. So I waited until, you know, I was 40. And that's when I finally did this like actual like commitment ceremony and stood on this mountaintop and was like, all right, I'm all in. I say yes to everything. I'm ready. And I I went home after that. and, And that's really when the channeling started the um the connection to like higher dimensional realms everything just started to unravel i was shown speaking to millions of people all over the world i didn't know i'd be writing this book i never controlled any of it i just said yes and show me yes show me yes show me and um and that's how everything unraveled i didn't want to be a channeler i wasn't like i'm now going to be a channeler like it just was like go close your eyes and start meditating and then it, and then I would hear these voices that were definitely not in me right it was like this is coming from something outside of me trying to communicate to me you were so young and you were so had this like such awareness how did your family respond well my mom was really awake i mean she was the one that taught me everything she took me to these oh, wow. seminars when i was really young we would go to these seminars where we would be experiencing like channelers that were channeling things about us, or we would be watching these, like, like how did JFK really die? And I mean, I'm 13 years old. I just had a slumber party with my friends watching golden girls. And now like three days later, I'm sitting in front of this and this was back in the eighties. So it wasn't super, not a lot of people were doing this work, you know, Um, not a lot of kids were doing this. So when I would speak to my dad about it he, or my brother, they, they always thought I was just crazy. And my friends at school, they just thought I was crazy, but I was okay being looked at as crazy. Um, it was sort of just like, well, there's Lori talking about, you know, aliens and whatever it is like, you know, uh, the world's going to end and all this stuff that I would talk about. But it was just sort of accepted that this was just, it. there were definitely two two sides of me. It was the side of me that was just ignorant and just being the human and the side of me that really understood everything and would go on these retreats with my mom and these seminars for the weeks. And I would be reading all kinds of books. 
books that people are reading now, I'd be reading at school. So there was always these two sides of me, but I was okay with people thinking I was nuts. I still am, you know, people don't think I'm as crazy as I was back then, but it was, it was my mom. If I didn't have my mom as my mom, I don't know if I would be where I am. Yeah. Human consciousness has come so far, even in the last 10, 15 years, even in the last five years, we're just transforming and and elevating at such a rapid rate. And when you were saying like the books back in the eighties, so I thought about this one book that I have from a used bookstore called Psychic Energy and Self-Defense. And the way that it's written, it sounds like very, very out there, you know, but even like in, in now, because now, I don't know, I guess we couch things, we freeze things differently, but yeah, I think it was a biggie back then. It probably was. I don't remember reading that one, but I read a lot of them. Uh, I just devoured the information and now I don't read anything. It's like, how do you know we're evolving? And it's like, dude, just look at where we were 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and look where we are now. It's just so, it's so blatantly obvious that we are evolving. And then it's sort of like, well, what does that mean, Lori, that we're evolving? And it means, well, we're stepping out of ways of being, uh, ways of experiencing the world, behaviors, thoughts, beliefs, um, and we're stepping into new ways of being. And these new ways are in higher frequencies. So they're experienced differently. That's what we're doing right now. We're learning how to pull ourselves out of ways of being on this planet that we're not designed to be in. We're designed to move through them and into, into ways of being that are more empowering, less victim, more flow, less stagnation, right? More peace, less fear. And that's what's so beautiful about this planet is that duality. I can feel the vibrations of those words that you were saying, less fear, more peace, less self, less greed, more heart, more compassion, more giving. It's just, it's so beautiful just to speak with you. I can feel the, the vibration and the energy of your soul coming through. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about your book, The Divine Design, which was released yesterday and it's available on Amazon. But what can you tell us about it? You and I had spoken briefly about this idea of the lenses, you know, and some of the information that you wanted to pass through the book. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The book came in in 2018, and the world is a very different place now. The book is about how we got here. How did the human become? How, how did we land? How did this happen? Why is there an earth? Where did earth come from? There's a lot of different belief systems. And so this divine design is, is another way of looking at how we got here. And this, this belief that we started in a much higher frequency, we started as humans and earth in a fifth dimensional realm in a fifth dimensional awareness. And, um, and how did we get ourselves into this much lower frequency and much lower dimensional field? And how are we moving ourselves back up to that higher, that higher frequency and that higher dimensional field? And what happened in between all of that? Uh, it's millions of years that are kind of squeezed into 280 pages and it, it talks about the the physical body a lot and why it's designed the way it is how do we understand emotion and thought and beliefs and and how do we how do we move them through the body through the channel why do we have the chakra systems why do we have those energy systems why do we have trauma why do we have contracts with humans and how do, do we choose our families do we not and why do we do that it talks about the dna and how the dna is shifting and there's a lot that it talks about, 
But the purpose of the book, the reason it came through, and the beauty of it being here right now is, first of all, there's so many more humans that are ready to hear it or read it, but it's it's a remembrance. It's kind of like you're going to open the book and you're going to read your story. Like, oh my God, this is what I've, this is the story of us. This is the story of, of how we got here and, and I forgot and people will start to read it and they'll just start crying and they don't know why they're crying. It's because you're remembering and you don't even realize that you forgot. So it's this really powerful, deep remembrance that happens on a cellular level. And that's why I, I didn't stop. I, I really wanted to stop writing this book many times. It, it broke me. It really broke me. But I pushed through because I knew that it wasn't about me. I knew that this was a book that humanity would be reading for many years to come. And the people that have read it, they read it, they finish it, and then they read it again. And it's like, how many times have you read the book? They're like four times. I'm like, holy shit. So it's like this constant activation and remembrance that allows you to sort of start to move through your human journey with a little bit more ease and grace because you start to remember that you're okay. It's kind of like a, what a religion does, right? The, the reason people love religion so much is that it allows them to see that there is a bigger picture, that there is something else kind of holding them or assisting them. And this book is a tool for us to remind us of our story. That's the best way that I can describe it. And um, it's either going to resonate or not resonate, but it's the perfect time. You know, my, I was told by my guide, it's pretty interesting what they told me like three weeks ago, they said, all right, Lori. So this book, but millions will, will read it, but it's not going to have the impact it's designed to have until like 30 years from now. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Hold on a second. After all of that, wait, I've worked on ghostwritten books and worked on books. And when you said like, it's a labor, it really is. It's like birthing something through your consciousness. And sometimes it can feel so heavy because every waking moment, even if you're not working on it, you feel it right here energetically until it comes through you. So I can, I can definitely relate. And you know, it takes, takes a lot to complete a book. So First of all, congratulations and, and, and kudos, but also, you know, I could relate with, with what you were saying and I hope that maybe that will get turned and the 30 years will turn into 30 days. Why not? Yeah, why not? Exactly. Exactly. Why not? It's interesting. The way I live my life is um, always being tested by everything, including this book where it's like, I'm not in control. And the less I try to control things, the more, the less I find myself in suffering or struggle. So, which means that I have to let go of any sort of attached desire that I have while I still recognize that desire. Do you know what I mean? Like, would I love for this insane book to be in the New York Times bestseller and just shatter everyone's beliefs and illusions around what the human consciousness is able to hold right now? Hell yeah. Like it would be unreal if this book showed humanity where they're actually at in that in their state of awareness right but can i let that go and let the book drive itself yes and i think that that is what we're being asked in our life in general right right? 
Yeah. Anyway, books usually have, it's like, it's like its own entity after it's like you're working with an entity when you're bringing it through. And then it's like, it has a life of its own. Yeah. And all the souls that it's going to touch and what you were saying about the power of kind of like each one of us at any moment in time, we have different struggles. Maybe we hold a lot of trauma. I also studied theta healing and we talk about how you, all these energetic imprints that we pick up from the time we're little. So anytime, like at any moment in time, we can have so much going on, so many challenges. So then to come up across a book and a vibration like that, that can just kind of melt some of that and bring you into a, a higher awareness of your current state is such a blessing. So may this yeah. book be such a blessing for many people. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely outside of language. Do you know what, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's words and it's written, but it's deeper than that. I have a question about your guides. Do you know them by like, do you, com- do you know how many you have? How do you, I'm yeah. so interested. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because when I first started channeling back in 2016, these beings came in that were fifth dimensional beings, right? And they were formed, they had form. And they actually were from like inner earth. So they were in, in this like inner earth sort of realm dimension. But I didn't see them physically like a cup, okay? But when I closed my eyes, they would, they would be standing in front of me on an energetic level. So it's almost like when you use your imagination, right? Everything is energy. And if it's, if you're capable of sort of seeing that, that energy, you'll start to see more of a form. But I, I think that it can be very deceptive when people say, I saw these beings and it's like, well, you didn't, they're not actually physical. Most higher dimensional beings can't actually physically present themselves. So it's a, it's this weird illusion, right? But they were more of a fifth dimensional frequency and I would start seeing them and connecting with them and they would show me things. And that's basically how it started. And then I would be doing these sessions with people and these really high frequency light beings would come in and they would enter into the space and, I, and they'd be behind the, the human's field. And I'm like, I would tap into the energy and I would be able to dissect the energy like, oh, that's a Palladian energy or that's an Octarian energy or that's a, I would play with the energy of it. But it wasn't until 2018 when I was in Machu Picchu, when the book was downloaded, that I connected to my guides, which are the ones that are always around me. It's very much an external voice. And my guides and the ones that downloaded this book are, they're from the Galactic Federation of Light. I heard of that in 2018, but I never really, I didn't know anything about these beings and any of that. And there's 12 of them that I connect with. And they are, the best way that I could describe it is there's one specific one that's always kind of leading and connecting with me. If I close my eyes and and connect from this internal lens, I I can see there's more of like a physical form, but it's very light. It's a very light form. And they're not the friendliest, meaning like they're not, they're, they're very serious. It's very much like, this is what you're doing. This is what's next. This is, you know, you've got this, you're great. But it's not like other energies where you kind of are like held in love and cradled. And it feels very much like I'm at a, in a classroom and my teacher's standing there. This one is more of a male frequency. And it's, um, and even when I pull them in, it's, it's interesting. It's very much like, um, 
like I'm in school. It's like, what's next? What am I doing next? Or, or how am I serving today? And what do I need to do to serve today? And how do I need to get my body ready to do this class? And so it's it's less of like, Lori, you're amazing. We love you. And more of like, this is what this is what you're doing. And it always comes from outside of me. Sometimes during my my days, it'll be loud, but most of the time it's very quiet. They leave me alone. They're not around a lot. But if I bring them in, like right now, if I connect to them, I can I can literally just right here kind of bring them into the space because they're always there. Our guides are always there with us. It's just the awareness of like kind of connecting to something outside of yourself and bringing it in. But more than listening to my guides, I usually listen to me. I usually listen to my my inner guidance, my knowingness. That's really how you navigate the human journey. Cause they, they'll say whatever they want to say, but it's like, dude, you're not in the human. You don't know what it's like to be here. Like zip your mouth right now. Like I'm the one that has to do this. So what's more important than connecting to guides is, is connecting to, to your own internal compass and your, your resonance, your knowingness. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Like I have, I had a spiritual teacher for many years and she was here in the physical and then she actually crossed over in 2020 and transitioned and I was with her then. And the thing was, is as a spiritual guide, it's kind of like she was there and you felt this energy and this energetic support to do my spiritual work, essentially, to go through those processes that are internal that help us to elevate. But it's like I understood from her and it's actually something that she spoke about often is that you you can't take away somebody's process because it's kind of like you're denying the, the power of that soul because each one of us has so much power inside of us to go through our own process and to go through our challenges and be resourceful and find what we need because inevitably that's how we become strong and that's how we grow and that's how we become the shiny being like for example how you are now influencing so many people I'm sure that your road wasn't always easy you know, but that you were able to overcome those challenges inside. Hi guys, I'm quickly interrupting this episode to let you know that you can now support the Cosmic Chats on Patreon. Check out my page, Debbie Sugarbaker Cosmic Chats, and feel free to become a monthly donor. We so appreciate it and it helps us to keep this show going, to get this information, this wisdom, this energy out there on the waves and touching hearts and souls like yours. Thank you so much in advance and enjoy the rest of the episode. It's so true because we have to navigate this. We have to empower ourselves. We have to choose. I think a lot of times we outsource. And so we're outsourcing to our guides, to people, meaning that we are needing something outside of ourselves to get through our journey. And the key is to understand that those are tools, your partner, your friends, teachers, books. These are all tools that are great. We need tools. But if we are outsourcing, like it, ha- we have to have that in order right. to be able to do this, then we're going to be in a lot of trouble, right? Because it's about coming back in and learning how to trust yourself before anyone else, right? Totally. Trust your voice, your feelings, trust you before the rest of the world. And even your guides, like, listen, my guides will tell me to do things and I'm like, zip it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or you pull out the tarot and you get like, and then you're like, recently, like, it hasn't even been really working for me because that's really the universe is like, nope, stop trying to outsource. Nope, don't try to or outsource. 
get quiet with yourself. You have so much power inside of you to pull in different energies that you need, to pull in the trust and the certainty that you need to move forward. And I'm just like, feel like I've been, it's funny, you're, you're totally channeling this. It's been a big part of my process recently. And I think a yeah. lot of people. It's the yeah. awareness of it though, right? And laugh at yourself. It's like, oh, yep, I'm looking for the I'm looking for the psychic. I'm looking for the tarot. I'm looking for like tell me, tell me, tell me. And then there's this internal voice like, are you going to stop? Are you gonna, are you going to stop looking out cuz you're not going to find it. You're going to continue to search, right? There's going to be this almost like this emptiness. Like maybe there's a fleeting moment of relief because you got some sort of answer but that's right. bleeding it doesn't last long anymore find it for yourself yeah but by the way i'm not knocking because i've had a lot of people in the cosmic chats who are tarot readers but not fortune tellers they're helping people recognize their subconscious patterns and that is super powerful or super. healers who can read your energy field and help you to feel you know oh this pain in my back rib it's been there since this time and you know, of course, we, we're here to help each other, but I think that what you're saying is not to, like, give up our, our power or abdicate our own power, like, just kind of being a little bit, like, yeah. spiritually lazy in a way. Yeah, for sure, because I, listen, I love freaking looking at my, like, what's going on energetically, like, my, my sign, and 1,000%, uh, but it's, it's different between a need, like, an right. attachment and a need for it as opposed to a tool that it's assisting me, right? Like when you call a friend and you're like, dude, I just need you to help me process this, right? The same sort of thing. Everybody's here to assist each other with whatever tools that they have. And we are here to remember that at the end of the day, if you are not aware of the fact that the buck stops with you, right? Like you are the one choosing. You're the one deciding. If somebody tells you something, does is that what you are choosing? Does it resonate with you? Does it feel right to you? That's truly what we are learning, that it always comes back to the buck stops with me, with everything. And that's true empowerment. Totally. It's such a powerful way to show up in the world because otherwise we're just reacting to the world. We're reacting to somebody else's and not necessarily is that true. That person has their own opinions and their own traumas and their own whatever. I'm not saying again, not to listen to somebody else or to have that, but I think that it starts inside. If I'm coming from a place where I'm empowered and I'm willing to, you know, check in with myself and I've developed a relationship with myself enough and developed a relationship with my own soul and higher self enough, then from that empowered place, of course, the creator, the universe, whatever you call it, can speak to us through people, through this, through a movie even. Sometimes yeah. I watch movies and I'm like, by the way, like passengers, yeah. I don't know if you've seen passengers, it's a really good, it's kind of like an old, a little bit cheesy movie, but it's with, it's with Anne Hathaway. And I, it's just so powerful in terms of, of the idea that, the universe sends you people to help you to elevate and all of the things that happen in our lives, even the things like I told you, I went through a lot of loss in 2018 with my dad and my brother, but it's like inevitably those things that really hurt us or the person who, you know, the relationship that ended and the person who left, inevitably they're messengers that are helping my own soul's evolution and growth. And that movie, Passengers, is, it's a little cheesy, but it's a great one if anybody I've never it. heard of it. I'm going to have to look it up. Passenger. Yeah, I love when movies come on and you're like, got yeah. it. 
yeah, that was yeah. kind of the message that came through that one for me. Wow, this has been okay. such a phenomenal conversation. And um, I wanted just to ask you talk about this idea of the observer. So can you just open that a little bit for, you know, the people listening on right now and what that means? Because I feel like that's a concept that somebody could take with them right now and could change their life right now in this moment just to, to see things in a different way? Yeah. The observer has been something that I just started practicing. It was necessary. And it, it just, be, it's something that just naturally started happening with me where I started watching myself. I started being aware. And I think it had a lot to do with uh, my guides kind of showing me, are you aware of what you're thinking? Are you aware of what what you're feeling? Are you aware that you're not any of this? I think it kind of started from my guides. And then I started to become aware of this part of me that's the observer. And the way I like to describe it is, it's like you are experiencing your day. So you're experiencing your emotions, like even right now, right? There is one aspect of us that it's that is present and having this ex this exchange. And simultaneously, there is an aspect of me that is aware that I'm doing this kind of watching me your aunt, you're doing an Instagram live, you know, you're talking right now, you're and so it's simultaneous. It's not split. It's not one or the other. It's impossible. It's impossible to be one or the other. It's all of it. And so that's the challenge is like, okay, I am now, you know, I just got in a fight with my mother. What typically happens is that we are in the fight. We're in the experience of it. We are the experience. We're the emotion. We're angry. We're upset with our moms. We want to scream. We want to call a friend and talk about it. Right. Okay. When you become the observer simultaneously, you are beginning to see. I, the observer says, Lori just got in a fight with my mom or whoever, right? The observer says, Lori is upset. Like I am now in a fight with my mom. I am now really upset. I do not know how to regulate my emotions. I want to scream. I want to now um, identify as that pain. I want to identify. I'm trying to identify. I want to be the victim right now. You're watching yourself while you're in it. And it can be as simple as like when you start practicing it, it's like I'm now waking up, you know, okay, now I'm going to go get my coffee. Now I am choosing to focus on these thoughts. Oh, now I am playing the big. So you're, you're constantly pulling yourself out of the illusion that you are the experience. Like now I'm experiencing, no, I mean, not right now, but like something that somebody might be experiencing would be like, now I'm experiencing anxiety or fear. You know, I think that this is this area is a lot of people have been dealing with that recently. You feel this kind of tightness in your chest, right? Or in your solar plexus. So you can, what you're saying is that you just kind of recognize, okay, now I'm feeling a little fear and feeling a little anxiety rather than being the fear or the anxiety. Yeah. It's like you're either, it's like you're either in the drain swirling around in it and you can't even see straight because you think that you are it. So you get caught up in the experience. Like, why is this happening? I can't believe I'm feeling this again. Well, I'm so stupid. I want to scream. I want out of this. I hate my job, blah, 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 right? You're in the drain, swirling in it, right? It's impossible to become the observer. So you want to pull yourself out of the drain and say, oh, wow, look at what I'm doing. Oh my God, look at what I'm thinking. 
oh my God, look at what I'm feeling, right? You're watching yourself in the drain, which pulls you out of the drain, yet you're still, you're still experiencing. See, that the thing about it is you're not bypassing. You're not taking yourself out of the experience. You start to detach from it, which allows you to stop judging yourself, which allows you to feel safe wow. experiencing things. The moment you stop attaching to this idea that you are any of it is the moment that you start to recognize that you are actually safe to feel it. And then when you realize that you're safe to feel it, you stop trying to change it. You stop trying to fix it or get out of it. And then what happens? You move into a flow state. And when you move into a flow state, then the universe starts to wow you. Because you're now letting go of trying to control anything because you realize that you're none of it. Everything that's happening is happening for you. It's happening to, in order to show you what you do and how you react and the trauma and the triggers. Wow. And the moment you just allow it to move through you, you start to move through it. And then things start moving. And then you're just like shiitake mushrooms. I'm not in suffering anymore. Because the state of suffering is that you're attaching to what you're experiencing. Right. You believe that you're it. Then you just anchor it. I remember when I was at my dad's bedside when he was leaving this world. And it was probably the greatest kind of like internal stress, fear in this life. And then I had this thought that was like, probably I sat by this bedside with him, with, with this kind of suffering in another life. And I imagined like myself, like I got this vision. I was like in a different dress of a different time and I was with my father at his bedside and I was devastated and I was so sad and almost just to see myself just to like see it from that other perspective it alleviated me it took me out of this like immense pressure because it was like maybe he's gonna live maybe we're gonna get him to liver maybe you know it was like all of this like so much like you said I was in the dream but just like thinking like oh maybe I've been here before and okay right now I'm a girl who loves her dad and she's at his bedside and he's leaving the world. So she's naturally upset, like in turmoil and just seeing like a story like that really helps. So, yeah, exactly. You start to see it as a movie. Truly. Yeah. You start yeah. watching your life. But the crazy thing is, is that you're still feeling everything. Exactly. It's not like I wasn't, it's not like I was checking out. I mean, I was crying. I yeah. was that I was with him. Actually, I was just, it allowed me to be more present in those last moments. And I was upset and I was crying, but even that didn't overtake. In those very heightened spiritual moments, your higher self steps through in a way. Yeah. And I always see the higher self as part of the observer. Like, it's all okay. You're okay. You, you don't need to judge. You don't need to attach. Um, I still, I have judgments all the time. I have attachments, right? So it's not like, it's just how can you practice detaching? Can you practice? I mean, I don't find myself judging what I'm feeling very much anymore. That doesn't mean I don't like it. You know, right. like yesterday morning when I woke up feeling like I was the most horrific writer on the planet and my book was coming out, I didn't beat myself up. I wasn't like, I can't believe you're feeling this, Lori. You're a horrible person. I just was feeling the feeling of being a horrible writer and allowing myself as the observer to feel that. I was allowing myself to, to feel that feeling of being a horrible writer. So it's, it's 
so there was no judgment to it, but I was still feeling it. Right. But because I didn't identify as what I was feeling, I knew that it would pass. Does that make sense? Totally. I think that's something that a lot of any creative deals with. You get that feeling like, oh, wait, what if it like whatever the feeling is, you know, that I'm not good enough or this is this is not good or what I have to present. And so I think that your words are just like really helpful for any creative out there who's Uh for me. it's, It's so powerful that you're being vulnerable and sharing your experience. I think it's so important to call it out and to recognize it, to make it okay. Because yeah. if, in my opinion, so many of us have stopped our highest potential. We've stopped our creations. We, have, we haven't opened the ceiling and said, I'm just going to let it go because we have that internal voice that says you suck. That we have that internal voice that says this sucks. We have the internal voice that says no one's going to listen. No one's going to read it. No one's going to care. It is horrific. And we allow that voice to stop us. And then the potential of what we're here to do is watered down. And the voice was really loud. It's it's loud. It's it's very, very loud. I didn't have a choice. I had the choice of no choice, which is like, Lori, this book's going out no matter what. So I basically had to just have temper tantrums. But if you allow yourself to push through like literally like torturously push through and do it anyway no matter what then you break through those limiting beliefs you break through that ceiling totally and i also believe that when something very powerful needs to come to the world that's going to bring a lot of energy and a lot of light there are forces that will try to stop it and they may come in the voice of that doubt there's always going to be that voice that's going to be like do you really need to do that do you really owe that person that any sort of giving, any sort of like good deed or light that is going to come? I always think that there's that force that's going to challenge us in this realm because that's part of our work here is to keep going anyway. And then we get so much more energy. I mean, probably on the other side, there is no challenge like that. Everything is, is complete peace. You think of thought and love and, you know, there is no need for like, it's kind of like those, the negativity gives us a chance to become who we need to be kind of like playing a basketball game. If you don't have an opponent, you're not going to become like Michael Jordan. Exactly. That's what's the great. That's what's so great about remembering how, what a gift this human journey is starting to see the illusion. And it's not easy, but the more we practice pushing through, pushing through the fears, the resistance, the powerful insecure thoughts that come in, and the way that you push through it is you got to be honest. You got to say, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. You got to be honest about it. That's the first thing. And then you got to feel it. That's the second thing. And then you got to recognize that it's not true. You got to choose. Are you going to choose to continue to believe it? Or are you going to, are you going to bow to it and be like, dude, you're badass. This, that you're a, you're a loud, loud, loud voice. And right. I'm giving you credit for that. Now, what do I need to do to move through it? For me, I had to call my brother. You know, I had to call my friends and it was just like, hey, can you remind me again that this isn't true? I remember my two nights ago when I told my brother that I'm pretty sure this book sucks and is written by a kindergartner. 
and these things look horrible and doesn't, you know, all these things I was critiquing and he goes, well, he's a huge Howard Stern fan. So take it or leave it, whatever. But he was like, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh, I haven't thought of Howard Stern. He's like such a long time, but he used to be on the radio and kiss went away, I think. It's so random. But anyway, he was like, Lori, when Howard Stern is writing his third book, he was talking about how difficult and challenging and all the back and forth he had to do and all these things. Right. And for some reason I was like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not crazy. This is normal. This is normal. And to be able to let other people realize that these things are normal, it's normal to feel this way. It it helps us to, to accept it, to surrender to it. Totally. So, Lori, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here on the Cosmic Chats. I was wondering if there's any final message that you feel is coming through. Is there something that you that you feel to to share? I just wanted to briefly interrupt this episode to remind you that you can find all of my Cosmic Chats with video on my IGTV handle at Debbie Sugarbee. That's at D-E-B-B-I-E-S-U-G-A-R-B. There, you can also find a link in my bio to support my work or to sign up for a one-on-one Theta Healing session with me. Yeah, I mean, I think right now, the more that we can allow ourselves to be present with what is arising with us, right? To be present with what we're feeling, to allow ourselves to feel it, to be the observer of what we're feeling, and to remember that everything, every single thing that you are experiencing, you're moving through. So there's movement all the time. You are not stuck or stagnant in anything. And so trying to hold that in your awareness. I'm safe to feel everything. I'm going to observe myself as I'm feeling it. And everything that I'm in is movement. Everything I'm experiencing, I am moving through. And those three things will will literally shift your life. It will slowly start to shift your life. Feel everything. Because everything that's arising in front of you is an opportunity. Observe it if you can. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. And then remember that you're moving through it all. There's movement. There's always, I am moving through a horrible job. You know, I am moving through depression. I am moving through grief. I'm moving. And it will help you actually move through it. Wow. Yeah. And just sending that energy out to anyone who is in that depression or that grief, because those energies are feel particularly frozen. Yeah, uh, just sending yeah. the light from from this conversation because I feel like there's just such a beautiful energy here with us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's powerful. Thank you so much. And I wanted to let everybody know that Lori is going to be having a t- retreat coming up, November fourth, fifth, and sixth. And where is it going to be? It's going to be in Sedona. And we're still confirming another portal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, we're, we're confirming all the details. So it'll be by the end of this month, we'll have all the details and you can purchase your ticket. It'll be it'll be virtual and in person. 
So yeah, November 4th, 5th, and 6th. And then I'm going to be um, in person doing a book signing September 17th in Santa Monica. And the details are on my oh. website as well. So that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Anybody yeah. in LA area? Yeah. yeah. If I'm in town, I will, I will love to be there. Oh, that, are, are, do you live in LA? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. If you're in town, come by. Yeah, I would totally love to. And you're also in California, right? Yeah, Northern California. Yeah. And did you grow up in California also? Uh huh. I grew up in Hermosa Beach. Ah, okay. I was going to say, because your mom was so into that kind of stuff, it's like, I know that in back then it was like California was more fertile, even now today, for this kind of spiritual consciousness. Yeah, my mom used to go to, um, back in the 80s, she used to go over to Louise Hay's house and they would have like circle, con- I know, I was like in awe. I was like, what, <laughs> what? She's like, yeah, no, I'm a huge Louise Hay fan. I know. Oh my She's gosh. Like, back in the 80s, Louise Hayes would have, Louise Hay would have these groups every week and we'd all go over to her house and we'd sit in a circle and talk. And I was like, what? That's oh so cool. God. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. That my spiritual teacher, her name was Karen Berg. She was actually the founder and director of the Kabbalah Center, but she always loved Louise Hay too. Yeah, so it's just interesting how we're all connecting. Yeah. Thank you again so much. It's been my complete honor and and joy to spend and to be able to interview you. And thank you so much to everybody who joined, and wishing you a lot of love and light and peace on your way. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys for for joining. We're doing it. And all the blessings for your book. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. I truly hope that this episode nourished your spirit and or opened you to a deeper level of connection or a higher perspective. Please subscribe, share it with your friends and family, and leave me a review. I appreciate your support. You can also take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram and I'll add it to my story. Until next time, be well, take care, lots of love, magic, joy, opportunities, and blessing always. Bye-bye. Cosmic Chats with Debbie Sugarbaker is a production of Yali Christina Podcast Services.